Hey, Resiliency listeners, Happy New Year, and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 58, and my name is Silas West. I'm here with my co-host, Steve Finley. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. We have a special episode for you today, don't we, Steve? Yep. Um, we got an idea, actually, from one of our previous guests that we might be interviewed by kind of another podcast host, and uh, just to get a kind of a overview or a look back at resiliency over these past two and a half years. And it didn't take long, or we don't have to look far here at Antioch in Waco, Texas, to find another podcast host. Uh, Mick Murray and Drew Stedman, um, they host a fantastic podcast called Ideology, and we'll tell you more about that in a minute. So we asked Mick, uh, one of the co-hosts of of, uh, Ideology, to interview us, and that's what today's podcast is. So clearly you don't want to miss today's episode, and even as we take time to look back over the past couple of years of producing this podcast, Steve and I have really great interviews lined up for this new year. So we're pretty excited about what's to come, and we're also excited to share with you today's resources. Our guest interviewer, as Steve said, Mick Murray, has two great podcasts and a book that we're going to tell you a little bit about after the intro. Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resiliency of field workers. Twice a month, co-hosts Steve Finley and Silas West bring you their conversations with long-term field workers or experts in the field of member care with the goal of encouraging you in your life and work of cross-cultural ministry. Hey everybody, welcome back to Resiliency. Hey there, Resiliency listeners. Welcome back to the podcast. We try to drop a new episode twice a month. If this is your first time listening to Resiliency, welcome, and we hope you enjoy it. If you're a regular listener, please think of someone you could share this with. We'd really love more and more people to be able to hear from our amazing guests. We really want to hear from you, so leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Instagram at Resiliency Podcast, or email us at resiliencypodcast at antiochwaco.com. Every time I say that, it kind of sticks in my mouth. Also, as I often say, your reviews and ratings will help others find the podcast. So if if you have found this to be a helpful resource, help us make it possible for others to discover it. So a few weeks ago, as Steve mentioned in the intro, a former guest recommended that we invite another podcaster to be a guest interviewer and let them give a plug for their podcast while interviewing us. So we took up that advice. And so, Steve, who did we find that would be crazy enough to let their name be attached to you and me? Well, as I mentioned earlier, Mick Murray, who is our discipleship school director here in Waco, he and and our good friend Drew Stedman have a podcast called Ideology. And I'm not going to say anything here because Mick does a really great job of introducing it. But I will say about Mick, he's just, Silas and I were led by him along with our congregation yesterday. We're led by him in in the New Year's worship service, sort of. And he just did, uh, led us through a meditation time uh, on a particular scripture. And um, he's just such a, such a genuinely humble man, a guy seeking Jesus with all his heart, uh, leading his family to do the same. And yeah, we're really blessed. I think you'll be blessed to even spend some time with Mick as we did mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. And he also has a book, doesn't he? Yeah, he has a book called The Father's Heart, which... Um, I don't know if our listeners are familiar with Floyd McClung's book, I think from the 70s, called The Father Heart of God, but 
that's kind of been a classic and the standard in some ways. But Mick, I think, in my opinion, has set a new, a new kind of put out a new classic. If there is such a thing, it, it should become a classic. I know for myself, as I mentioned in the interview, I read it. I immediately bought 20 more copies of it, gave gave every member of my family, my immediate family one, and, and gave another group of people whom I love a copy of The Father's Heart. So I really want to commend that book to you. It's just a, a beautiful, beautiful exposition of Scripture and of God's Abba, love for us. And as Steve mentioned, Mick led us in, in worship service yesterday, and he has a podcast that he does by himself called Meditations, which is designed to help you engage scriptures in a contemplative way by slowly and imaginatively praying through and reflecting on various biblical passages. So that's kind of how, what he did in the service yesterday. It was amazing how the passage came to life in a new way. So do yourselves a favor, go to your favorite podcast source and subscribe to Ideology and to meditations. Thanks for being here, everyone. Let's get on with today's episode. Hey, Resiliency listeners. Uh, happy 2022. I hope you've had a great Christmas season. hope you've been able to be with family. I know a lot of you are still on the field. I remember mine and Susan's and our kids' 18 straight Christmases and Thanksgivings being overseas, so you're not necessarily with your biologic family maybe this year, biological, but uh I hope you've been able to be with spiritual family and just have had a, a sweet time with Jesus, in Jesus, uh, as a couple, as a single, with your spiritual family or uh, with your kids. So welcome to 2022 and uh, another year of Resiliency Podcast. Uh, today I'm with Silas. Hello. And uh, we've got a little bit of a different episode today. We've got our friend Mick Murray, who is going to be hosting us and interviewing Silas and me just to get a little somewhat of a uh, recap overview of um, of the last two and a half years of Resiliency episode. So Mick, welcome to Resiliency. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yep. Mick and uh, our good friend Drew Stedman do a powerful podcast called Ideology and I could I can't possibly do it justice by describing it. I'll allow Mick to here in a moment. I, I am uh, challenged and um, strengthened and just uh, informed so much by I think this, likes it. this yeah, podcast. So tell us a little bit about ideology, Mick, before we get into you interviewing us. Yeah, that's no, great. I, a couple of years ago, Drew Stedman and I, I think in the wake of, well, as COVID was ramping up and a lot of the cultural storms were flashing around us. We found ourselves having the same conversations over and over again. And a lot of 20-somethings, 30-somethings who were, quote-unquote, deconstructing their faith. And after, you know, a couple of months of really rehashing the same content over and over again, we, we came together and said we should probably put some content out there for our movement. And so we started recording uh, some thoughts on uh, the little tagline is what are the ideas that are shaping culture today essentially what the belief systems the undercurrents the water we're swimming in and so just unpacking you know not just orthodox christian belief but what are the what are the cultural streams and thoughts that are affecting and infecting the church today uh, and trying to parse that out for people and so we're about a year and a half in and uh, we put it out for our, you know, for our church movement, but it's been um, it's been wild to see how it has spread and and gained a broader listenership, and so it's been a lot of fun to do. We've had some great conversations in the process. Yeah, it's just excellently done. I don't just simply mean the recording or anything, but 
you guys um, have put a lot of thought into it. And these two guys are just brilliant, <laughs> Mick and Drew, so um, can't commend it highly enough. Also just want to commend another uh, thing by Mick, and that is his book called The Father's Heart. And I've told you this, Mick, not just before a uh, listening audience. I am so, so blessed by that book. I bought 20 copies immediately after reading it, gave it away to all my kids and my family members, and then through through time just gave away that to a D group that I led in discipleship school and have just given it away a lot and I've read it twice. I, I got mm. the book and within six months had read it twice just because I said I wanna I wanna receive afresh the Father's heart for me and, and uh yeah, just an excellent, excellent book and appreciate it. Yeah. I hope great. I hope it's doing well and I hope it does better after people hear about it. Uh, it's on available on Amazon. That's I know that much. Love it. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna turn we're gonna turn it over to you now. You are running the ship. It's great. It's great. Yeah, what an honor! Thanks for asking me to come and and host today. And uh, love what you guys are doing, working with member care, and love that this content is getting out to be a blessing to many more people than just the folks in in our little world here. And so, I think you know we've almost been doing the podcast about the same length of time. And so, as you look back on two plus years of doing interviews. Um, what have you guys gleaned or learned about global worker resiliency from kind of a high level? What are some of the big takeaways as you look back on the last couple of years? Uh, one of the things that I've learned is that resiliency increases in direct proportion to intentionality. So um, Henry Nouwen, he, he once said that an unreflected life is a life not worth living. And I think in the same way that like many of us live our lives on the surface level and so then we become very reactionary to circumstances and situations that come up. But the people who have made it, as we've been doing these interviews with people who have, have lived for a long time on the, on the field, they're usually people who are willing to live at a deeper level, who are asking hard questions, who aren't afraid of what they might find when they like, pop the, the hood. And uh, they're, they're just willing to look deeper inside and, and also willing to grow from that, from what they see and what they talk about. So. I think that's one of the big the big things I've learned is that the, the more intentionality you put toward looking inward, the more resilient you become. And mind if I ask a follow question there? In our podcast, we talk a lot about how one of the one of the driving narratives today is about self authentication, self actualization. So, how would you differentiate the looking inward uh, from maybe some of the negative manifestations of that in culture today? That's very self absorbed and self. Uh, affirming and self-focused and mm -hmm. so just this wasn't planned but I'm just curious how no that's a great question and, and I think that's always the fear people even bring that up like oh that feels so selfish mm. when they ask when I, I encourage that uh, as, as a counselor or as a therapist I, I I would often encourage people to to reflect more to think more about what's happening inward to become more aware of your emotions um, I think the big difference there's, there's two things that come to mind one the reactionary nature that we live at where stuff happens to to me and then I react I, I react out of the emotion that comes up uh, that shows a, a, a lack of self-reflection of self-awareness but when I know I'm, I'm aware I've kind of been shepherded or guided into awareness of what what's causing that uh, I start to, to have more agency over how I live so I can become more responsive rather than reactive to my life circumstances um, so that would be one difference, mm -hmm. one clear difference. But I think at a bigger, a bigger level, um, I can't, I can't give 
and surrender what I don't fully understand and know. Mm-hmm. And so if, if um, it, it's one thing to learn and self-actualize and all of that and then hold that for myself, it's another to become more aware of what is what are my desires, my wants, my needs, and then that's what I'm laying down at the foot of the cross. Wow. Hmm. A powerful thought, hmm. Steve. What about you? What, just looking back, doing interviews past couple of years, what what are you what are you gleaning? I think uh, a couple of things stand out to me, Mick. One of them is, you could say it's the textbook answer, the Sunday school answer, but. Particularly with field workers, we either interview field workers who've been on the field for 10 plus years and have shown a level of resiliency already, or we interview sort of experts in either member care or mental health or, or something like that. And I would, I would think there's not a field worker that we've talked to who hasn't just, um, just said, you know, my relationship with, my intimacy with Jesus is the key to my resiliency. Uh, in fact, one guy that was sort of one of our experts that we interviewed, um, Jeff Whiteman, in episode 10, he, he said Jesus is the resilient one, and that still rings in my, in my ears. Um, but that would be one is just, there is no resiliency apart from nearness to Jesus, or the type of resiliency that will enable you to make it for the long haul in a cross-cultural setting, mm-hmm. for sure. I think the second thing is suffering. The second episode we ever did was with one of our friends, Scott Shalm, who does member care with Barnabas International. Scott's very familiar with suffering. And so that, that episode in itself was devoted to the subject of suffering and how suffering leads to resiliency. But now through all these months and months, we've talked to so many people who've suffered in one way or another. And uh, it's through, through the fire that people become more resilient. It's very biblical, very scriptural to say that. Um, I just finished reading for the second time a book called uh, A Grace Disguised by Jerry Sitzer, which is about his suffering. You know, I think he would probably be another one who would testify, yes, uh, through my suffering I've come to know Jesus and shared in the sufferings of Christ, um, and through my suffering I now am a more resilient person, uh, somebody who is is able to, you know, take those those blows that would probably less be less than the one that book was written about, which was the death of his mother, wife, and daughter in the same accident. I think suffering is is a key to resiliency, which isn't a real fun way to put it. <laughs> so how do we become more resilient? We suffer more. I know this is a global podcast, but I think as Americans we have a an underdeveloped theology of suffering. I heard a quote that, uh, actually, I was just reading a book on Benedictine monasticism, and he was talking about his grandmother who had said, our generation was a generation who fixed things, and then this generation now is a generation who replaces things. And Mm. um, this notion that in our brokenness that Jesus reaches in and and actually repairs us and Mm. doesn't just discard us or uh, whatever. But anyway, that... That's powerful. Just the, um, the the centrality of suffering and finding God in the midst of that as as the point of resiliency, or what leads to resiliency, or what other what other recurring themes? Uh, maybe you just hit kind of the top level ones, but what other recurring themes have you guys seen show show up over fifty plus episodes on this podcast? Well, I think we've already said it a few times, but abiding uh, that, that connection with Jesus is pretty pretty clear to all of us to every almost every episode 
Um, but some of the other ones that are a little bit more practical, things like language learning, that's yes. been a very reoccurring yes. theme. Uh, and hand in hand with that is investment with the host culture and then re- relationships with people in that host culture. Those tend to be something that people say who have who have really made this work for themselves. That's Those are key to, to being... To, to longevity, um, but also in, you, you mentioned this dis, disassociation or an underdeveloped sense of a, a theology of suffering, and the engage, engagement with suffering or, or with a, a suffering in a in a place of a theological context is something that we've seen over and over again that, that makes people more resilient. And so, I'd say those are the the main things that have stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. What I'd love to do is is promote this podcast and this episode in particular on our podcast with ideology. And I'd love for you guys to speak to our listeners a little bit because these themes definitely cross over as we look at what's going on in our nation here with um, with some of the challenges uh, theologically and culturally and socially that are that are uh, upending maybe what we would have considered cultural Christianity for the past several hundred years, that I think the net effect is going to be a very positive one. Um, But one of the themes that we've seen is in the past several years with COVID and some of the other tensions that are going on in our nation, whether racial or political, et cetera, that uh, certain followers of Jesus have had a hard time finding what shelf to put, you know, these various challenges on and have have either turned that angst towards God or turned turned inwards into themselves. Many are abandoning the faith or questioning kind of long-held beliefs. And so if you could just speak to our listeners for a moment, kind of building on these themes of suffering and what you've learned through your, your interviews, how would you encourage just the you know, the, the 20-something or the 30-something who's here in the States? They're not a you know missionary, they're not an overseas worker or whatever, but but they are going through their own, you know, measure of suffering in the last, you know, in the last several years. And how would you encourage them to move forward, to uh, to find God in the midst of that? And obviously, mental health is a huge epidemic um, mm-hmm. today. And so maybe this more benefits our listeners. I know you have unpacked this over and over again for your own listeners uh, through the Resiliency Podcast. But I don't know, just a few words of wisdom, words of advice for people who are. Uh, are going through a difficult time. I think mine, because I think Silas may speak right into the mental health thing, but mine, Mick, would be community. And um, yeah, I just, I, I would say that that goes back to those themes that we've heard, recurring themes also for resiliency, is that whether whether our our guests have talked about their community among among nationals in their nation and the enculturating and becoming identifying with the community you know having people they deeply love in the community and and becoming family or whether it be you know like what we would call the M community the other global workers that people may also build community with um, if we're talking about here and mostly like the audience of, of the ideology the listeners uh, you just I, I don't you know no apologies for saying you just don't want to walk away from the church right now. Mm. You just don't want to leave the body of Christ. And you don't want to... I would encourage people to find, you know, if you if you know you're kind of in a funk or deeper than a funk and you're just losing your moorings and and you do have some of that, that anger and that unresolved 
issues with maybe the church and you have church hurts. I understand that. I understand church wounds. But because you've been wounded by someone, I've been wounded by my wife and I've been married 34 and a half years. She's been wounded by me, but we didn't walk out on each other. Mm. We worked it out. And uh, I think we've got to work it out in the in the context of community. And if you're like, oh, but I'm only surrounded by people that are dealing with the same type of angst that I am right now. If you're able to self-identify the angst you're living in, then I would say, pray about and be intentional about, Lord, give me somebody who can help me to raise the water level of fresh faith in you and fresh, you know, fresh hope for in- involvement and engagement uh, with with life-giving community, others who really love Jesus, others who who say, yeah, of course the church has its flaws. Of course this friend or this this leader has its flaws, but Jesus doesn't have any flaws. So I'm going to look for other people who would say, hey, we're all in agreement that, that Jesus is is the, the, the resilient one, the glorious one, the radiant one, the, the hope for the world. And so, you know, just that would be my main, one of my big things with regard to what we were just discussing is don't walk away from the church, the body of Christ. Uh, there's so much more we could say about that, uh, but I'm not going to try to, you know, uh, over-explain myself. Mm-hmm. I think my, my answer, it would, it would be kind of the flip side of, of some of what Steve talked about, but it, the, where, where's the responsibility of, of the church and of the communities of faith that, that we're that we are a part of where, where people are experiencing the, the disillusionment, the hurt. I think one of the fundamental issues that people deal with is pain and a sense of how that, that pain uh, separates them from a feeling of belonging. And uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, Philip Yancey and, and Dr. Brand wrote a book many years ago called Pain the Gift That Nobody Wants. And uh, the, the that's a message and a title, isn't it? Right, right. And and actually, Dr. Brand is a was a a missionary doctor in India who was the first one to discover that leprosy doesn't itself doesn't uh, destroy the ends of appendages and and body parts. It's the the lack of pain receptors. The mm-hmm. virus kills the pain receptors, and then so you might burn your finger and you don't know it's hurting, and so you continue to injure it until it becomes infected, and then it it falls off. Wow. Um, and, and so pain actually tells us when there's something that needs to be addressed and something that needs to be attended to. And it's the painful place is the place where uh, it's most vulnerable. And so we have to give it the most attention. And as Americans, we tend to uh, disassociate from pain as quickly and, and efficiently as possible. Uh, he, he made a, an illustration in the book that I still use to this day because I, I think it's really funny, but also very poignant of how in England, he's, he's a doctor from England originally. In England, when you uh, advertise this particular brand of cold medicine, which once I give the description, we'll probably know what it is, uh, it, it may give you a better night's sleep. Um, it, may, it increases the likelihood that uh, your, br- your breathing could be a little bit more uh, improved. Uh, and you know, overall, it can help you to tolerate the symptoms of the cold until you get better. Same brand of, of medicine as it adver- is advertised here in the U.S. is, you know, the, the guy's like deep breathing and, oh, it's so great. And, you know, the Z's while he's sleeping are, are like giant big Z's over his head. And it just over promises and under delivers mm-hmm. because that's kind of what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. We look for this, whatever we can do to eliminate and re- remove the pain. 
And, and I think we do that socially, we do that culturally, we even do that religiously. And we over-identify with the parts of, of who God is that make us feel better. The, the breakthrough and the praise and the, and the, the, the success orientation of, 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 of God. And so then people who are experiencing deep pain, whether it be from a racial issue or whether it be from um, just feeling deeply misunderstood for any number of reasons, uh, they, they can't find a space where they feel like they belong. So either something is wrong with me or something is wrong with this community. And so I, either I have to force myself to fit in or I have to reject it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that creating better spaces for listening and understanding one another, uh, lament is one of those things. And so when I was saying the over-identification with the, the breakthrough and the praise and the celebration, that is a part of worship. It's praise. But another part of worship is lament. And when we don't cultivate lament in our, our communities of faith, it, it isolates a great number of people who are experiencing deep brokenness and deep pain. And it doesn't create a sense of belonging for them. And so they are left with the, I don't fit in, I don't belong. And when that happens, we, we want to reject it. And often it creates a, an attitude or a, a response of anger and, and bitterness and and frustration and blame and accusation and so i think some of those things we then put back on those those folks and and i think that they do they do carry some of that responsibility but i think we also carry that responsibility for not not cultivating um, a culture and an atmosphere where where we can lament together where we can understand one another's pain yeah as a church we celebrate the testimony we celebrate the breakthrough Often, though, we're uncomfortable with the loss, with mm-hmm. the death, with the chronic illness. And, and uh, I, I, <clears throat> it was eye-opening to see when I, I was doing a study on the Psalms some years ago and going back and seeing just what percentage of the Psalms were dedicated to lament and that the Holy Spirit codified and, you know, and inspired the Psalms. And then, and then they got codified into this into this book we have of 150 psalms and that God preserved the not just the lament but the anger and the, just this array this you know this this cornucopia of a human emotion on mm-hmm. display and that God preserved and then and then elevated and gives us an example as a model for for us I think we would all um, uh, it would be prudent for us to express you know in, in a church setting what we see there in the scriptures mm-hmm. it's powerful Episode 18, Lament, interviewing Silas West. (laughs) Yes, yes, good, good. Well, with that, um, as you guys look back, you've done, what is this, 56, 7 episodes, something like that. Um, You've already mentioned a couple, but what stand out as some of your favorites? You know, as uh, maybe we shouldn't show favoritism, but what stand out as some (laughs) of the the episodes that stick out in your minds? I wouldn't dare mention the interviews with the actual field workers because I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to uh, pull out and say, well, theirs was better than, the, you know, uh, but all the ones with field workers are just, just amazing. It's, it's, a, we are on holy ground when we're able to interview these more veteran, the veteran missionaries. Um, I would say for me, I, I will mention one couple, just episode one with Mike and Stephanie O'Quinn about cultural adaptation. It's just, it's delightful because of who the O'Quins are. But I think that that wasn't simply a tell us about your experience, but it was really, it was really zeroed in on cultural adaptation. I just feel like that episode, 
and ones that are like it about cultural adaptation are so important for our listening audience. I say that's the episode I've recommended the most to first-term field workers because if you listen to Mike and Stephanie who've been overseas now for about 17, 16 or 17 years altogether, you really get a, a wealth, just a depth of knowledge about how to, to make that adapt, adaptation. Um, the other episode that I've definitely recommended more than any other is episode 17 on grief and loss with Dr. Bob Watson from uh, alongside in Michigan. Uh, so that I, that is just what people deal with as we just got through mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. so much. And uh, it's real. And Bob gives some really great, I mean, it's pastoral, but it's also so practical about how to deal with grief and loss in a very healthy way. Um, those are a couple of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of made a little bit of a list. <laughs> Since I did most of the editing on them, Steve started to help me with, with the editing, but I've done most of the editing, so all of them kind of, I feel like they're my babies That's right. a little bit. So I, I like them all. But uh, seventeen episode 17 with Bob Watson was one of my, my favorites because of its practicality. Mm-hmm. From a practical nature, that was one of my favorites. Uh, episode 19, um, the, the Bakers in Bolivia, mm-hmm. uh, I love that one, but because I love the bakers. It was reconnecting with old friends from a, a previous life in some regards. And so I, I felt like that was a, a crossover episode for me because we, it was the first time we we interviewed somebody outside of, of our, our movement. And uh, and it helped me to kind of connect worlds. And so I, I love that one for that reason. So that's very personal, not necessarily helpful for anyone else. Episode 10, Steve mentioned this earlier, but Jeff Whiteman uh, talked about it's called repaired by gold and um, when he spoke about Jesus being the resilient one uh, that that thought is something that you just can't shake mm-hmm. and uh, when he said it it was just like oh mm-hmm. yeah a hush fell over the ring exactly and there were only two of it <laughs> Selah yeah <laughs> it, was, it really was, it was a Selah moment. moment yeah and then uh, lastly I would also say echo the number episode number one uh, it was a great episode and and Mike and, and Stephanie did an amazing job but it was also that point where I realized this whole project is a reality. And we, mm-hmm. we now have an episode out there. And um, I had no idea that we'd be still doing it. Uh, I didn't know if it would be successful, didn't know. But at that point, it was like, hey, this is happening. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We've, got, we've got a podcast. Mm-hmm. And so there's something pretty cool about that. Yeah, it's amazing. Successful, not that we've ever monetized one thing. Successful is simply, <laughs> are we meeting a need. That's yeah. the only reason we do this podcast. Right. It's not it's not for information's sake or whatever. It's just are we helping people to become more resilient and to make it for the long haul? Uh, I'll add to it and I did think about this cuz knowing this question was coming. I said I wouldn't mention any individual field workers, but as we've you know, uh, interviewed some of the people from Silas's previous life as he said, um, some of the people that he initially went out with, which was an organization that really targeted ministering among the poor, least of the of the of these, uh, the poorest of the poor, the vulnerable, marginalized people. Talking to those guys and girls has just been phenomenal. I mean, I I think back to interviews with uh, Cami and uh, with Rachel that we just mentioned a little while ago. Mm-hmm. You know, with Jeff and Christine. They're, they're incredible to, to hear these others. And, and I, you know, I would commend you to any of the ones that we've said, these guys are from our organization. Or when we've you know, interviewed those who are, are from these other ones, there's, a, there's another uh, 
angular aspect to this idea of resiliency that I was really mentioning in the, more in the suffering hmm. uh, answer of what themes have stood out. A lot of the suffering stuff has come when we've interviewed these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The ones of whom the world is not worthy. Yes. Uh, and I'll just, you know, I'll make a plug because you guys may not for yourselves, for your own podcast, but I was looking you guys up. Uh, uh, I, it's funny, I do two podcasts, but I don't listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny thing, but mm-hmm. um, so I'm familiar with your content, but um, just show my all my cards. I haven't actually listened, so I'll have to turn around and listen uh, to a couple episodes. Uh, but nothing against you guys. I don't listen Man, to I've listened any to like podcasts. 25 or 30 I know, I know, ideas. This is terrible. You're sitting, here, you're sitting here plugging my I'm not book. listening to yours anymore. <laughs> A lot back-to-back when I was putting up Christmas lights this year. So. That said, I was looking you guys up, the, the podcast up this morning, and saw that it's in the top 3% of podcasts globally. I don't what? know if you guys were aware what? of that. But, um, uh, you should not have told us that. Yeah, yeah no. So I mean, I think, I think what that says is it scratches an itch, obviously. Okay. There's, there's a need for this content. So that's, that's amazing. So. <laughs> That's so, a good word for for that sake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the thought. We know how many monthly listeners we we have. It's like, boy, not a lot of people are, you know. <laughs> sure. Well, it's the, the it's the J curve. You know, yeah. it's the uh, there are very, 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 very few podcasts that have millions of mm-hmm. listeners, and uh, but the hundreds and the thousands need this need this this content. And so, if you're a first time listener, go back and listen to these specific episodes that they are highlighting. And you'll be better for it. Mm-hmm. Um, as we round out today, a couple other questions for me. What is uh, what stands out to you guys that surprised you? Maybe that I mean, you guys have been in this line of work for many, many years. But has anything jumped out at you that took you off guard from you know, any of your interviews? I'm surprised about the the 3%. statistics that you just shared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's there. You can look it up. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if this is really a, a surprise as much as just kind of a. I don't know, it, moving or, or kind of as I went into this project, I, I had some ideas of what made people resilient. And some of those ideas came from my education. Some of them came from, from reading I'd done, but some of them were just my ideas. And uh, I think that my, my experience, my, my own thoughts were, have been affirmed and validated as we've just listened to over and over again these these interviews with people who have shared this is what's made me resilient this is what's helped me be resilient and uh, so I, i'm just seeing those ideas of mine be affirmed and i, I think that's been not not that it's about me and my uh, the, the validation of, of what i think but i can trust the insight that god's given me and i can continue to share that and and it bears out and, and trust that it bears out so i think that's what's maybe a surprise uh, or at least a, a wow that's really that's really affirming and validating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess I'd say, Mick, that uh, one thing that's a bit surprising to me, I remember thinking after maybe we had a dozen, couple of dozen interviews under our belt, sort of like, you know, that recurring theme of intimacy with Jesus was key to resiliency. And um, I remember thinking, wow, are we going to kind of run out of content <laughs> along the way? Because I thought, the more we interview global field workers, the more in one way they keep saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, trivializing the fact that everybody has their own story. But that was just such a recurring theme. And I'm like, but, you know, on that one, I just went, praise Jesus. Mm-hmm. He just keeps getting all the all the kudos here. You know, Jesus keeps getting all the, the ink here, which it should be from everyone that we're talking to. But I guess one thing that's been surprising is... Um, that I don't get any sense that we're going to run out of 
you know, interviewees or, or guests because even recently we went through this little exercise where we asked all of our previous guests that were field workers and all of our previous guests that were professionals of some sort and said, hey, you know, thanks so much for what you did uh, for us for resiliency. Do you have any other friends? Do you have any others in your field mm -hmm. whom we might, um, you know, inter consider interviewing? We must have a fresh list of 25 or 30 people, and that was just from those who responded. If we would bring that back up to the top of people's inbox right now, we may get another 25 or 30. Mm -hmm. And we feel like, gosh, there's so many good interviews that we're going to be able to have. So, um, yeah, I just, I think that... The subject is what you said a minute ago. It's it scratches an itch. It meets a need in particularly global field workers' lives to hear from people who who have experienced things or who know things. We talked to one of our physician friends in Waco. You know, we've got two episodes out there now. Two of the last four episodes were Dr. Burrett Hess, and just talking to a guy like that who's a fantastic doctor and who's very holistic in his view of people's health and all that. You know, it's like. That's just another, you know, angle of how people can grow in their resiliency um, that, that we were able to sort of tease out of, of Burrett and so many others. So, um, yeah, I'm very hopeful for the future uh, of, of interviewing many more people who have things that they, as we always say, you know, uh, what can you add to the resiliency conversation? Mm -hmm. It feels like there's a lot more to glean from people uh, out there. Yeah, well, the, I mean, the human story is one of weakness, of frailty, of pain, and mm -hmm. so I, I feel like there's endless content that mm -hmm. you guys could offer to the body of Christ, and, and um, when you look at the scriptures, you know, the scriptures don't shy away from, from the pain, from the shortcomings from the failures and I think that's why there's been a timeless message in the scriptures mm -hmm. throughout the ages it doesn't just it glorifies God but it paints this very uh, very realistic picture of, of humankind and so I don't know that many you know I don't know many sources out there who are kind of pulling you know lifting the hood and, and letting you see into the human condition we like to present ourselves as whole, as in control, as mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But I think this scratches the itch because people, they resonate with the stories. And, mm -hmm. and it gives hope to see, well, my circumstances might not change, but there is a God who is unchanging and who will meet me in my pain and, and cast an eternal light on this, you know, on these set of circumstances. Mm -hmm. So I think it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So as an outsider, thank you for... Mm -hmm. um, putting this content together, taking the time to edit and put together the interviews. Um, last question from me. I know you guys finish your episodes, you know, asking uh, the listeners, you know, if you could take away one thing from what was shared today, what would it be? What do you guys think? You know, each of you think is the most important takeaway from the last 27 months of doing this podcast. Listen to resiliency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, I do I have to pick one. I, I I have three. I know I always make, we always make everyone pick one, but mm -hmm. I have three. And sometimes people do that. Yeah. So that's, in, I'm gonna, that's in balance. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I, I never, whenever we used to do that, that game, like what's your favorite candy bar? I'm like, well, I have two. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, my wife just rolls her eyes every time. She's like, just pick one. But I can't. Uh, I think one is learn language. Mm -hmm. If if there's one thing that's going to, going to help you grow, um, to, to make it work, to build relationships, learn the language. 
but then also, and I think this is probably more important than that, but it's, it's, uh, no, I don't want to say that because it's like trying to say that the, a three, it's three legs to a stool, but invest in your spiritual formation and the shepherding of your soul. Uh, if that's something that you are neglecting in any way or fe- feeling like or thinking that uh, just because I'm a missionary now, um, I don't have to do that, then you're sadly mistaken. Uh, and the third one is developing a theology of suffering that enables you to embrace lament and process grief. Mm-hmm. And that would be uh, those three things right there. If you can get your head around those and start to develop the, the capacity to grow and develop and, and mature in those areas, uh, learning language because there's a deep humility that comes with learning a language. Mm-hmm. Investing in spiritual formation, there's just a lot of of digging the in the soil of your soul and making it receptive to the seeds of the gospel. That happens when you do that, and then developing a theology of suffering that's gonna it, it's going to enable you to see God in a world of suffering. That's gonna take you far. It's mm, good. I'm going to be less profound than Silas, which I always am, so I'm very comfortable in this seat. Um, I'm going to kind of go back to what I said at the very beginning about about your book, Mick, and that is I found something that is super helpful, super valuable, and I got it and I gave it away. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm truly, I'm, I'm really not trying to be self-promoting. I say this oftentimes to people, I don't think resiliency the podcast is something great i think every person that we interview has something great to share so that my takeaway after 27 months of resiliency is if you're blessed by it if you're blessed by an episode and you know i bet you so and so could use that share it so like i said at the beginning of the thing i said you've got a great book and so i've shared it so i'm not at all just zeroing in on resiliency but when we find resources that are helpful to us share them. That's why people like Mick Murray are writing books and why Silas West and Steve Finley are doing this podcast. You know, don't just say, wow, that was so helpful to me, but send it to somebody else who can be helped by it would be my my takeaway after these months. That's great. Silas, I love those three takeaways too, because I think those are universal. Even the learn language, I think all of us need to learn the language of the culture that we find ourselves in, even if it's right here in America. Hmm. Um, and Steve, I'll, I'll take that challenge and, and pass this on. And I'd love to encourage everybody who's listening right now, even right now, think of somebody who could benefit. They don't have to be a field worker or in you know, professional member care, but uh, somebody who could use an encouragement who might be going through a season of pain. Uh, well, thanks, guys. Thanks for letting me uh, sit in with you, just giants of the faith, <laughs> and uh, not really participate in this podcast. It's, a, it's an honor and a joy. Thank, Thank you, you, Mick. Mick. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Resiliency. Special thanks to Antioch Music and their original song, Nothing Can Stop, for our intro and our outro music. Tune in again in two weeks for our next episode of Resiliency. Can't stop you.